Okay, well, it's just good to hear voices, you know. When we offer our voices, our voices are our intimate part of our, of our present, of our manifestations, nothing like your voice, you know. And it's, it's saturated with all your resonances, your emotions, your karma is in your voice. <laughs> um, you know? And so every time we speak, if we can really, we, we're really trying to refrain from speaking, Particularly, just to get a sense of what a precious thing speech could be. We actually present from here to somebody else, you know, and just how that is often just so, you know, <laughs> scattered, and we present into something else, into somebody else, and often what a person says will stay with you for a long while, for good or for bad. So actually, one of <laughs> we, we practice in speech restraint. Uh, but clearly, you know, if you're sharing a room with someone and something happening that you're not really comfortable with, you need to tell them, you know, uh, what's good, something's, um, you know, we're not, this isn't working for me, uh, you know. Priority, I suppose, where do you start? I think when we're looking at how we're really consolidating in this time, a consolidation of spirit. I mean, the Buddhist word often uses chitta, many times translated as mind, but that seems a bit too cerebral. Spirit or heart is better. And it's tremendously uh, potent human experience of spirit. You know? No other creature has that to that degree, the potency, the amount of good or bad we can do, <laughs> the amount of stuff we can create for good or for bad, beauty and horror. It's just so vast. You know? And this is really about consolidating it, gathering it, cleaning it, refreshing it, bringing it up, respecting its, its, its beauty and cleaning off the unfortunate effects that get established on it in our lives through distortions and various forms of abusive things we do for ourselves, other people do to us, you know, the ignorance, or not understanding. So this is like, uh, I mean, one of the main themes is, is about purification, which is, isn't too clinical, it's a natural purification, like drinking good, clean water. Know, fresh air. And this is places has a lot of that to it, that quality to it, and that's uh, that's a tremendous advantage. Yeah. Um, yeah, purification. So this, first of all, I suppose it would begin with the fundamental attitude of respect, because the way that purity gets lost is disrespect. First thing is, it doesn't count. You don't count. That doesn't count. You know, this is where it starts. You know, once that gesture comes in, of well, doesn't. You know, then a sense of, you know, respect is lost. Yeah. And so this fundamental quality of a sense of respect, which means, uh, you know, we're living in a miracle. We don't own it. We can't claim it. We're living in a miracle. You know how thought, birth, consciousness, awareness, 
you know, like, where's this? Where does this come from? <laughs> it's not something we create. This comes from behind us. We are the, we are the end results of that incredible process of, of being created that arose from something we could not make that happen. So we open back to that. You know, I am is secondary. I am the I am, the sense of self, is a secondary experience to the fundamental mystery of how, how being occurs and what's there. If you get that sense, you realize, well, that's there are all these different manifestations of that. Some human, some animal, some plant, and who knows, stuff we can't even see. So we live with that sense of respect. And respect is a strange word, but it really means that really the sense of the wonder and the, and the non-abuse and the non-trivializing and the care for everything. You know, and we're cultivating this quality. The more you cultivate that quality so that the, the, you, know, you, you dwell in that, in that attitude, uh, then a whole lot of, uh, then naturally this is what's going to come back to you. you know, a real sense of respect and uh, spiritual value for each individual. Looking at that. How does that manifest? It means we check we check the impulses, the carelessness, particularly for the, the kind of oh well automatics or taking things for granted or I'm just doing this. You know. Um we've gathered here as a as a group and uh, naturally most of you don't know each other, I'm sure. You may be sharing a place with another person. There's got to be some sense of, you know, respect. It's what is our fundamental unifying principle. And carry that, then that can expand. Um, how does that work? Place needs to be looked after. How does that happen? Uh, you know, the group. I don't you see. I don't really experience myself as separate. From the situation I'm in, particularly the human situation, I don't, you know, I don't really sense myself as separate from it. So what I'm here for is to, in a way, act, present myself as a kind of a polarity, you know, a, a, a central axis that that can help to hold the situation in a way that's uh, respectful amenable and appropriate for your growth and welfare, uh, for your learning. And uh, for everyone. So things like um, we establish first basic principle is the moral principle, which you can see obviously comes from respect. It's not law and order. It's not crime and punishment. It's not damnation and salvation. It's just respect. Yeah. And so the five great precepts you, know, you rely upon, they're not so esoteric. You just don't abuse anything, <laughs> including your own mind. You don't drink, you don't dump poison into your, into your spirit. It's a, it's a sacred place. Uh, 
don't damage, harm, take the life, destroy other creatures, however small, because where they are, that's their universe. They don't know they're small where they are. They're, 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 that's their universe, that's their life. So we've got no we've got no right to take that. Nobody nobody gave us the right to take that. We have no right. You know? Um taking what isn't given, you know, like when you really look at that, you realise you can extend that theme. You know. We came we came into this life naked. Everything we have we took from somewhere else. <laughs> you know. Now that's 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 what it's like to be a human. We can't survive without food, without clothing, without shelter. But we took that. You know, everything material from this bell to this microphone to everything comes eventually comes from the earth. Nowhere else. You know. We can't make that from our own minds. It comes from every material comes from the earth. So the earth didn't say help yourself, whatever you want. We didn't even, sometimes we didn't even ask it. So like, you know, that's a sense of simplicity and frugality. Just what you need. And can you pay anything back? You know? Can you can you you know what do you do with that? Well uh, you pay it back by uh, cultivating what human beings can cultivate, which nothing else can, in such a profound way. We can cultivate deep morality, which other creatures don't have the capacity. But we can cultivate restraint, which means you can have an impulse and you don't have to follow it. You can feel really annoyed, but you can put that down. Whereas other creatures... They don't have that check. We have this moral conscience. That's our that's our offering. You know. We can we can restrain, we can say no. That's that has to be our, our way of paying back, you know, what what has been what we've uh, been given and taken. And without that we're we're criminals, really. And of course, with that particular precept, you begin to recognize, yeah, just as we take everything, then be careful about even what we dispose of, because where's that going? You know? And you just dump trash into the water. And then you're trying to look at or review or something like that. So it's living consciously and responsibly. It's really... It just gives you a gives you a sense of this is the axis of my life. It wasn't really about, you know, being a material success or having status or fame or this or the other. It was just about maintaining the proper human relationship in the cosmos, which is we can't like plants can live on sunlight. We can't. We've got to eat them. But what we can do is we can cultivate restraint. Virtue, compassion, love—you know—that's our, that's our, that's our bit of the cosmos. Can we do that? You know, not just a sentiment, but as 
what it takes to really um, cherish and, and support. And you know, we're really taking this deeply because what way we respond to others is going to be the way we respond to ourselves. We don't respect others, we don't really deeply respect ourselves. You know, if we can't have a sense of well-being which is not dependent upon you know, um, superficial qualities, which is an innate quality of wishing well, how you do it to yourself. If the mind doesn't know how to do that. You know? And uh, how can you have compassion for yourself, for your own difficult places, for your own negative patterns, for your own hurts, if you don't have that for others? Because you only train the spirit in one way. Don't have two, you only got one. <laughs> so it goes one way, you don't, it doesn't go in two directions, it goes only one direction, you know, in this particular mode. And these are. So here we are cultivating um, just general training in sexual restraint. So there's a sense in which we understand the power of that energy. Um, which all sentient creatures have, or well, you know, animals anyway have. And I say, when, when is this appropriate? It's not just when the when the hormones rise or when you get a superficial attraction. It's got to be we've got to be really like humans, which means a sense of respect, care, sensitivity, warm-heartedness towards our fellow humans. So we're really not seeing other people's objects of my wishes that you have to fulfill. And certainly not objects of my fear or aversion. You know, I learn to look at these emotions and let's just hold that back and what's really important here. In this retreat, we're practicing sexual abstinence. Um, because it's just good to to really everybody knows. Hey, all the signaling's off. You know, we don't have to look at what we look like. <laughs> all that stuff is is off. Off. You don't have to think about it. You know, We're just humans, male, female. You know, whatever the sexual uh, orientation is is not not a feature. Uh, but then the whole theme of this, why this is so, so I've been practicing celibacy for 45 years, you know, and, uh, you know, it's like you, you begin to find that your energy shifts into heartfulness, so it becomes a very strong purifying force of sending forth, you know, the, the, the quality of the, the quality of deep heartfulness. Uh, it becomes where the, where the sexual energy goes. And the other aspect of it, it goes into strengthening your, your energy body. Yeah. You know, you know, we all recognize we have these physical bodies which we can see, but what we experience is an energy body, which is our sense of shock or tension or looseness or brightness or stagnation. Yeah. And this is certainly a big feature of what I see spiritual practice about. It's about invigorating, strengthening, purifying 
this fundamental embodied experience so that all kind of reflexes are changed and the mind becomes extremely steadied because the body feels steady and comfortable itself. And it's this particular body I'm referring to. And so when you've got that, then um, you get some really strong, uh, pure energies can arouse, arise that are very satisfying and uh, warm. Refrain from, obviously, from harming people with speech. Um, and, if, you know, uh, this clearly is saying that which is not true. This is also clearly uh, about not saying things behind people's backs that you wouldn't say to their face. Uh, not stereotyping people. Uh, you know, not cursing language, harsh language. Uh, you know, this demeaning language, disrespectful language, and just not just babbling. You know, where you, you kind of just unload into somebody without without their consent. <laughs> just you know. so you know. I mean, clearly, sometimes we, you know, you might have a friend that I need to unload. Can I just? <laughs> That's okay. But here, really making an effort with that because a lot of the unloading we're going to try to do internally you know because there is a lot of, of conversations that we need to have here <laughs> and also to find out what are the valid what are the valid things we need to hear ourselves thinking because eventually the way you speak is the way you think and the way you think is the way you speak and although other people may only hear you now and then you hear yourself all day long <laughs> and have you heard enough yet <laughs> just, could that conversation just come to an end you know? <laughs> and this requires a lot of deep listening it's not just about getting annoyed with yourself some things have to be listened to until you get what is really needed here you know why is it needed to, to let this thought find a place where it could be resolved. Yeah. And this is certainly not through thought, it's through a capacity of heart that can listen deeply. So really encouraging that listening deeply. Yeah. Uh, and you know, a lot of the time people think, oh, just be quiet so you can meditate. No, not really. Um, it doesn't quite work like that. It means listen deeply and gradually you'll find you have less to say to yourself because you've heard yourself. It's over. <laughs> it's finished. Enough. You know, that one's gone. Uh, so it's not negativity. It's just that's been consummated and completed. And this is certainly something we uh, bring around in meditation. It doesn't happen in three days. It sometimes things can take quite a long time till you really get to the point of what was what was causing all that. But for now we're definitely encouraging the sense of refraining from speech so that we can all listen to our own conversation more fully and again uh, in particular group situations or sharing the situation if one person's talking everybody gets the effect. So particularly if there's other people around just trying to be quiet 
there are situations where people write notes, you know, leave a note on the board. Anybody seen my sh- shoes? <laughs> <laughs> you know, your shoes look like somebody else's. Or you want to have a word, you know, with Mario or something. Milo, then, then do. And of course, the fifth precept, without, without which the others don't ever want you a chance, is to refrain from you know, uh, intoxicants. Because if you don't get that one, the others just fall down. <laughs> <laughs> the speech goes first, and the rest tumble in after it. <laughs> so how much? How much? Well, here this isn't. Uh, we don't do alcohol at all, and drugs at all. And um, I used to do both of them, of course. And uh, but then it stopped. And think about being a monk, you know, so a monk is a fairly sharply defined form, you know, it's got some sharp edges to it, it's, it's quite, it's quite, um, uh, you know, stark. One of not, not just, well, half a glass, no, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not half a, no, no, nothing, never. <laughs> you know that. Well, it's over then. That makes it really simple. I've decided no, and that's it. I don't have to think about where well, one half will not go and see my arm. No, no, you just no, you don't. <laughs> and uh, get used to it. You know, if, if we can't be friends unless we have a drink, I mean, what's our friendship based upon? Is it possible to be friends without having a drink? Can we not relax without having something that is a, technically a poison? I mean, a dog wouldn't drink it. <laughs> Absolutely. You see, most of it is just about a particular style and trying to trying to get a social grouping together. Let's have a beer together. I can understand that because you know, let's, you know, be friends. Let's have a relax, have a beer together. Yeah, I can understand that. But is it possible to just relax and have a talk to each other? You know, have a meal together, go for a walk together. You know, trying to find a way which this, you know, we get a sense of easy. Criminality without having to use uh, additives to it. You know, are we that bad? <laughs> we need to be half drunk before we can be with each other. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, this is my thing, and certainly for this retreat, that that's 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 the case. You know, and then what you want to take from the retreat, of course, it's your choice, it's your life. You know? um, so these these are we think this is really is this itself is cultivation because if you notice, you know what are these based upon? We get a bit restless, you know. We get a bit nervy. We want to, you know, chat to somebody. Or, you know, be this and let's deal with that. It's another way of dealing with that, you know. And really, meditation or what we call meditation or mind cultivation or spiritual cultivation is actually meeting some of these edgy places, some of these tense places, some of these lonely places, and just putting the right kind of energy into them. And we do have the resource. The resource of spirit can fulfill us all completely. Isn't that beautiful? We're actually, you know, we can uh, regenerate and uh, recycle. And this system is capable of it, of making us feel really good. 
So precepts, you know, because then this is, of course, where, you know, whatever else we do individually, I've got the right to, to affect somebody else in, in a negative way. So I take this as a sense of responsibility to, to the group. I will maintain this and we will try to take them as a kind of commitment to each other. So everybody knows the, the score and everybody feels they can be trusted. Everybody feels that they can trust everybody else. And then, right, a whole lot of safety is established and a standard is established that reminds us of our dignity and our, our purpose here in this time. And this already is a, is a major way of consolidating uh, spiritual energy just by this fact alone. We start to cut off the places where the stuff leaks out, mind gets careless. Uh, restraint, I suppose that's somewhere, you know, down the list a bit from precepts. This means you just uh, a little more uh, sense restraint. Mm. Now, by and large, the way that we've um, kind of understood our lives or our experiences is we are experiencing sight, sound, touch, um, taste. You know, experience, we live in a sense world of sights, sounds, odours, tastes, touches, and there's a mind coordinating it all. And that, that's where we are. You know, so or everything that's going to be good is going to come from that. Uh, this is not the case. <laughs> this is not the case at all. Uh, um, because, you know, you just look... Uh, there are things that indeed uh, give pleasure to the eye, pleasure to the taste. How long does it last? Uh, things that are pleasant to, to hear. What happens when you switch it off? Where did it go? How long does it last? Okay. And there are places in us that cannot be satisfied by sense contact that's just a fact otherwise we'd all be totally blissed out i'm sure so he's saying well just make less of that uh, make less of that how much we're not trying to make things disagreeable or unpleasant but just how much we go out to stuff out there to find well-being and is it possible that spirit could provide it for us? And the answer is yes. And that's not just my answer. This is the answer for all the great sages who I respect. Anyway, Buddha, Jesus and so forth, they all said what the same sort of thing, you know, in their different language. And they're all human beings with bodies and sense organs saying, no, this is just the, this is just the, you know, the, the wrapping. And but it's stuff, sight, sound, touch, taste, and so forth. People can get very intoxicated by it. Uh, why do people fight over material possessions? Why do people spend hours and hours just getting their face on, you know, dolling themselves up because they feel anxious to go outside the door without, you know, looking the right thing. I mean, that seems really sad to me. You know, we have such, le such such sense of a loss of self-regard 
that we feel we have to decorate ourselves to feel to be okay. You know. Uh, so why do people get jealous because of you know sen sensory things, material things? Why do people get greedy? Why does people get obsessively greedy where they've got billions? What you know, and how happy are they? It's it's a it's a kind of madness that takes over greed. And like the, the Buddha said, the rain could turn to gold and you would still never have enough. Because <laughs> it just can't reach the places. That, that are in need. So, well, there are certain medicines you can apply, such as goodwill, loving kindness, compassion, you know, appreciation, self-respect, that will reach those places. And you don't have to take them from anywhere else. And so we're really looking into that, into that possibility turning things around. Mm. Now, you know, so these are the kind of, I would say, these are the really foundational principles of, of retreat, what it means to do retreat. Um, naturally, there's big gear shifts just in doing that, you know. Is it possible to live without mobile phone for five days? <laughs> Can life go on? <laughs> I'll switch mine off. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so it's a sense of, but then it's like what, what happens when you do restrain is something goes, because it's, it's, you get so normalized into going out that. You start to feel a little bit unbalanced with it. So certainly, you know, we're trying to find a way in which some of this gear shift that we're doing from a life where you're driving things, looking at screens, chatting to people, having having a meal now and then, you know, going out doing them. It's often very busy, so the energy is really running and very much hooked into doing and going out into this where we just shifting gear, a big gear shift to sitting still, walking still, quiet. It's quite a shift. And uh, most retreats, most everybody feels uncomfortable for a day or two when they're just doing this changeover. It's like jet lag. You've got life lag. <laughs> <laughs> So the sense of just make the best effort you can. I know it can be difficult at times. Um, it can be difficult, uncomfortable, but you can get through it. But you do need this sense of resolve to stay with it. <clears throat> now, um, this means the basic resolve is the precepts, the restraint, and to staying within this particular Dhammagiri environment, which is fairly large and very beautiful staying within that and we'll be I'll be offering a, a, a routine 
and the routine it uh, I think is was pointed out was wake up bell at five five thirty morning meeting we we'll do some chanting in the morning Puja and I'll talk that talk about that this is about honoring and validating the spirit bringing up so it's a particular heart opening gesture to touch into that um, then we have breakfast about seven uh, 8.30, come back and we'll have a, I'll give a talk. This will be your main instruction session for the day. So you really, to make the best of it, very, I think it's important you, you come to that. Uh, and then do some group practice together because that does, the sense of practicing together does give a sense of the uh, consolidation effect that supports us all. Um, and then we'll have... Some of that will be sitting, walking. I'll also show you some Qigong forms, which are very useful for stabilizing and, and clarifying energy. Uh, changes your experience of the body altogether. Meal at 12. Um, two o'clock. Probably most days we'll begin back here. Afternoon will be a little more open, um, which you have some choices of what you'd like to do. Uh, there'll be another Qigong session in the afternoon. Um, you might say, okay, today let's just all sit together. But there will be time every day for you just to find your own rhythm, your own space. You want to take a nap, you want to walk, go for a walk, that's fine. Um, and then six o'clock evening meal, which is minimal. Um, mine is zero. <laughs> Uh, if you want to do zero, as an interesting thing, then this is a chance to do it. I'll, I'll be doing that. Um, and I've lived like that for 40, 40 45 years. There's no apparent uh, uh, damage to my health. In fact, uh, I think I'm pretty healthy. Uh, and then we'll meet again at 7.30 for a chanting, meditation, maybe a talk or questions and answers or something like that. So that, that's there and uh, as a kind of form to, to, to hold every, us together into something that keeps the mind centered, sense of consolidation, purpose, and um, make an effort with it. Make an effort with it. As I say, tomorrow, tomorrow morning, uh, it's understandable if you've been traveling quite a way, you might want to take a break, sleep in a bit. Um, but... I'll be here, and that's my my role is to be here as that that one who holds the space and encourages you to make a good effort to, to join in with that. Uh, I, I, it's not like I'm you know it's not like I'm lonely. So <laughs> 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 I'd like you to to get the the best out of it as you can, you know, and it's up for you to know what you know what you're dealing with, you know, when you. That this is as much as I can do, you know, and make an effort with it. Okay, uh, so that, that's the kind of outline of, of uh, the retreat. I don't plan retreats. I don't have anything in my mind to talk about <laughs> uh, because I feel that would disrespect the situation. The teaching comes out of the context. I mean. So for me to have a whole set of lectures would be with disrespect because I want to take the lectures 
in this feel and sense what's happening here and try to use the teachings of the Buddha from our experience to make this as profitable as possible for you. Certainly there will be places which you'll you know you'll meet some difficulty. Um, remember everybody meets these and uh, there's a way through it. The Buddha met it, I've met it, there's a way through it. And you don't just come out better, you come out larger. <laughs> larger than you'd been before. Yeah. And then you get greater capacity to, to handle the next challenges that arise. So it's definitely a big learning that we didn't know about. This is not intellectual learning, it's a learning of the spirit. Stronger, brighter, more resilient, more, more capacity for, for, for goodness present in it. So I think that's probably what I want to outline for this evening.